0: Mark chapter 4. If you're there, say amen. Mark chapter 4. We are, in this part of the world, we are very understanding of storms. Right? This part of the world, I mean, every, every part of the world has some type of storms, has some type of weather that, uh, you know, we... We people don't particularly care for, but they go through. I mean, if you are in California, if you're on the west coast, uh, you know, you have to deal with earthquakes. If you're in Florida, you have to deal with hurricanes. We deal with everything earthquakes, tornadoes. I think we've had hurricanes, but we've all been in storms, we all understand. Storms. We've all gone through storms. We've had those things happen, and just as the weather in life, that we all go through storms in life. Not necessarily talking about the weather, but when talking about that, there are things that happen in life, things that we don't expect, things that Doug Hetty didn't predict in your life, but it happens, and. We go through those things, whether we like it or not. In Mark chapter 4, there is a story where Jesus and the disciples find themselves in a storm. I mean, there's, there's several, different, uh, several different stories throughout the Gospels where Jesus and the disciples find themselves in, in a boat, in storms, and this is one of those We're very familiar with another one of those stories in Mark chapter 14 where Peter gets to walk on the water and Jesus walks on the water and they get to walk on the water together. This is not that time. But they do find themselves on the Sea of Galilee yet again. And it's right at the end of chapter 4, starting in verse 35, and this is what it says. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat, and there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? As we look at this story today, and as I said, we're, we all find ourselves in the storms of life. We all find ourselves going through things that we didn't expect, we didn't plan for, we know might happen, and we find ourselves in those situations. And I want to look at, there are a lot of things in this passage, but I want to look at three specific things that we, we can learn from this, maybe help us when we find ourselves in a storm, you may have come in here today and you may be right in the middle of a storm of your life. You may be right in the middle of a situation where you're like, yeah, I can identify with that. I'd I really feel like, you know, the winds and the waves are crashing over me. I, I see the lightning strikes. And, I man, it just feels like that in my life. But then you may have come in here today and you may be like, it's sunny in your life. It's like a, your boat in the water. Your boat is on calm. It's on the calm water. I mean, it's a beautiful, sunshiny day, and, you know, it's just a perfect day. And so for you today, maybe this would be a, just a, a, something that when you do get into a storm, because you will find yourself in a storm, that maybe you'll remember some of these things about God, some of these things we learn in the story. The first thing that we learn about in this is this, that the things that worry us don't worry God. The things that worry us don't worry God. Now, certainly the disciples, the disciples had been in storms before. I mean, in that that culture, in that place, I mean they are they are, you know, right around the Sea of Galilee. I mean, they they were I mean, Peter is a fisherman. I mean, there are some that are fishermen. I mean, they were used to being around the water, they were used to these storms coming in. Uh, probably uh, some of them had maybe even been on the water when these storms had happened. Maybe Peter had been out fishing one time and got caught in one of these storms out on the on the lake. Uh, even if, the, if they weren't fishermen, even if they didn't, hadn't been out on the lake, probably some of them had been involved in one of those storms coming in off of the sea. Or at the very least, they knew someone that had been involved in one of those storms that they didn't plan for. And so they, they would have understood that, that that. that when those storms happen, I mean, they, they come up in the wind and the waves just, just begin tossing those boats around like nothing. I mean, the waves would come crashing down over, the, over the, the boats and would fill the boats up with water if they weren't careful. It could capsize the boat. It could fill the boat up with water and cause them to sink. I mean, they, they had, had known that those things could happen. But in this, this story right here, what makes it even worse is that it's dark. H- has anybody ever been in a boat, at the lake, in a storm, in the dark. Anybody? Anybody been in one of those? Kevin has, yes. And it was probably snowing, too, knowing you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and... In this case, on the Sea of Galilee in the darkness, I mean and and think of it, it's two thousand years ago, so it's not like they can look over, you know, and see Tiberius and see these towns and you know and see all the the lights of the city and the street lights. And no, it's it's you know two thousand years ago. It's dark. The only only light that they probably have is maybe the occasional flash of lightning. They're in this boat. The, they feel the wind, they feel the waves crashing around over them and over, over the boat. The disciples are holding on for dear life. I mean, it, 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 and, and they, they begin to look around for Jesus. Where is Jesus? Where could He be? Jesus got on the boat with us, didn't He? Where is Jesus? Where could He be? And it says that Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. He's In the stern, that's the back of the boat. Jesus is at the back of the boat. He's on a cushion. He's asleep. He's sleeping. The lesson that this is this, that the things that worry us, the things that concern us, the things that give us anxiety, God's not worried about. Why is he not worried? Because he knows what's going to happen. He knows the future. He knows the end from the beginning. He has full and complete knowledge of what is going to happen. He's, he's asleep because he knows they're not going to die. They're going to make it through there, so he has no, re- no need to be worried and, and, and have anxiety. And so, you know, he, he's not thinking, oh, oh oh my, if I'd known that this storm was going to happen, guys, we would have waited until tomorrow to get on the boat. That's not what he's thinking. He's not concerned. He, he knows what's going to happen, and so he goes, he goes to sleep. He knew the storm was coming, and he knew that they were going to be okay. In our life, we find ourselves in, in storms, and the storms that we didn't even know that were going to happen. I mean, there are financial storms that, that happen, right? You, you lose a job. You, the, the electric bill comes, and it was twice as much as you were expecting. Uh, I mean, you, you, you know, you... you Anything that, that financial could happen, I mean, it can happen, and it usually is unexpected. So we have financial things, that, storms that can happen in our lives. Uh, we have health issues. The, we weren't, we, everything was going great. You weren't feeling too well. You went to the doctor, and the doctor came in and, and gave you the diagnosis, and you were like, wow. I mean, it was just an ordinary day before you went to the doctor, and you showed up, and the doctor told you what was going on, and then, man, in a moment, your life, is changed the storms of in marriages that can happen i mean anytime you get a man and a woman together under one roof can cause issues i mean men and women are different we're humans and so anytime we get together i mean there there can be issues and and i usually tell tell couples that you know that if a couple ever says to you that they've been married for 50 years and they've never had an argument one of them is lying because it's just a man i mean it's just it's truth i mean when you're married together when you're together whether it's marriage or any other relationship because we're humans i mean there could be friction there can be issues there can be storms in relationships i mean it just happens i mean our our teens our students you know i mean things happen at school. I mean, things happen with your teachers. Things happen. Boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, social media. I mean, things happen. We find ourselves in the midst of storms in our lives that cause us to worry. We get concerned. We have a hard time sleeping. It makes, so, it makes us so sick that we, it, we, we can't even eat. It, we, we've lost our appetite. We, we can't eat anything. It makes us feel sick at our stomach. We feel nervous. We, I mean, we, 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 we don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. We just feel paralyzed because there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that can make this go away. We, I mean, we, we, we may even be fearful that something may happen in our lives. You know, the doctor says he can't do anything or she can't do anything. And, and so what are we going to do now? And so there's nothing that we can do. To us, to everybody else, it may not seem that big of a deal in our lives, but to us, man, it seems like a huge, a big deal. And yet, if in that moment we, we could see where the Lord is, we would see that the Lord is at the back of the boat and He's sleeping. Why? Because He knows what's going to happen. Man, if only, if only in every situation in our lives, if only we had the foresight to see what was going to happen in the future, right? If we could only see that, that meeting that we're getting ready to go into, that we have lost sleep for weeks about fretting over that, that, that meeting that we were going to have there at work or, or with whoever it is, and that, that we were fretting over. If only we could see that immediately after that meeting, the relief that we felt and that saw that it was no big deal. If we knew that before going into that meeting, we wouldn't fret as much. But because most of the time we can't see what's going to happen in the, in the future, we worry, we fret over it, we, we, we go over it and over it in our minds and think, if, if, it, what if this happens, and what if this happens, and, and if this happens, what do I do in that situation? We, we wrestle with all of those things, and yet God sees the end from the, from the beginning the things that, that worry us, the things that, 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 that get us sick at our stomach, all of those things, the Lord doesn't worry like we do because He knows, he knows what's going to happen. And so when we find ourselves in those storms, what, what, what do we take away from that is that this, we should trust in the one who knows the end from the beginning. That He is at least in the boat. I mean, the disciples... You know, they're fearful of their lives. Lord, don't you care you're back here sleeping? Don't you care, Lord, for us? Don't you care? At least he's in the boat with them. And if, he's, if you're in the boat with Jesus, no matter the storm, you're going to be okay. As long as you're in the boat with him. Another thing we, we learn is that, and, and this one is connected with this one, is that just because you don't see God doing anything doesn't mean that he doesn't care. Just because you don't see him doing anything, it doesn't mean he doesn't care. The disciples, as they are flailing around in this boat in the darkness, with the wind and the waves crashing against the boat, finally have a thought. Where's Jesus? Did not he get on the boat with us? John, have you seen Jesus? Peter, where is Jesus? Didn't he get on the boat? When he got on us with us back at the, the last time. When we left, he got on here with Where is he? Where is Jesus? They find him. He's asleep. Can you imagine if that is you on the boat with Jesus? You're in the storm and all that is happening, and you're looking for Jesus. Where are you? And he's a. He's asleep. He's asleep. Peter, I found Jesus. He's at the back of the boat. He's sleeping. How can he sleep in the middle of the storm? Peter, wake him up. Maybe he doesn't know what's going on. Maybe he's clueless. He doesn't have a clue that we're in the middle of it. How can you sleep through that? They wake him up. Teacher, don't you care if we drown how could you sleep in the middle of a storm? Don't you care about what's happening to us? Do you think Jesus cared about them? you think that Jesus was just ignoring them? He obviously cared about them a great deal. But just because the disciples didn't see Jesus doing anything, it didn't mean that he didn't care. I mean, how again, how could Jesus be asleep in the middle of a storm? Because he knew, he knew they were going to make it through the storm. He knew they weren't going to die. He knew the disciples weren't going to die. He, he knew all of that was going to happen, and so takes a nap but his lack of doing anything wasn't because he didn't care wasn't because he didn't care now I mean we've all been there too right I mean we've all gone through the storms of our life and we start wondering Lord don't you care anybody ever prayed that prayer anybody ever said that to God before I know I have God don't you care God, aren't you worried about me? Lord, don't you care about how my coworkers are treating me? Lord, don't you care about how, how my classmates are posting all this stuff on social media? Don't, don't you care about what I have to deal with when I go to school every day? Lord, don't you care the, about what the doctors have, have said? And they, they've said that there's nothing, that, they, that there's no hope. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care about me, Lord? Lord, don't you care about all the things that I'm going through in my life? Lord, where are you? Lord, don't you care? Why are you allowing this to happen to me, God? I mean, but just because the Lord doesn't seem to be doing anything doesn't mean that he doesn't care. So why, I mean, that's the age-old question, why would a loving God allow us to go through storms? Why would God allow us to go through the storms of life? I mean, why but surely a loving God would want us to, you know, never struggle with anything, never go through any hurts, never go through any of those any of those things. A lot of you in this room, you're parents. And when I became a parent, when we became parents, there are a lot of things in Scripture that Take, took on a different understanding than before becoming parents. There are, th- there are times as a parent when you see your child struggling with something. Sometimes they're even hurt. And everything within you wants to dive in and rescue them and dive in and, and pull them out of the situation and Reap down just swoop in and pick them up and coddle them and everything. And you want to do that, but then you go, okay, hold on a second. And you just wait. Your parents ever done that before? And you just wait. You wait. Why do you wait? Because you're cruel. Because as parents, we are cruel. We want to see our kids suffer. No. We wait because we want to see, it's kind of like, let's see how they handle this. What are they going to do? Or if I come down and I swoop in and I, and, I, and I don't allow them to ever go through anything, then when they move out and they're on their own, are they going to be able to handle it? And so in that sense, we see that God many times, I think, does the does the same things when we go through things i mean why would god always still that the fish were always biting that you know that the there was no wind you know not much there was just enough wind to to give us a little coolness but not enough that the water's coming into our boat and everything was just right and just perfect and yet life is not like that life is messy things happen that cause us pain things happen that cause us hurt Things happen to us that we don't want to happen to us. There are times that God does pull us out of situations. There are other times that God allows us to go through certain situations. Why would God allow us to go through that? And when we call out, we say, God, why are you letting me go? The- God, why are you allowing this to happen? God, why are you, why- don't you care about me, God. God, don't you care about us? That, that God, you wouldn't allow us to go through these situations, to allow us to go through these hurts. God, don't you love me? Don't you, don't you care about us? Why would God allow us to go through things? A few reasons. One is that it helps us grow in our faith. It helps our faith to grow. James says, Count it all joy when you face trials. Of many different kinds. Count it all joy when you face trials of all kinds. Yes, praise God, flat tire. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that today at Walmart, when I was there at Walmart, that somebody backed in and put a big dent in my back fender and didn't even leave a note. Praise you, Jesus. Count it all joy. Why does he say count it all joy? Because he says that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance when it's finished his work helps you to mature in your faith. If we never go through anything, we'll never grow in our faith. Faith is like a muscle. It has to be worked. When you lift weights... The muscle, it tears the muscle tissue up. You go, wait a second, I wanted bigger muscles. It tears up the muscle tissue. It tears the muscle tissue. But it builds back stronger. It builds back stronger. And so you go lift more weights, and it tears muscle tissue, and then it builds back stronger. You, you lift more weights, it tears muscle tissue, and you get to a certain point where your body overcompensates, and you've got to lift more weights. You've got to lift heavier weights. You've got to keep lifting heavier weights because your body will adjust and it will adapt and it will get to where it can lift that, that weight. And then you've got to up it. You've got to do more and more and it gets stronger and stronger. When you break a bone, where your, muscle, where your bone breaks, when it heals back, it heals back stronger in that place where it broke. It comes back and it grows strong. The bone gets bigger and stronger in that place where it was broken. When we go through the storms of life, it's an opportunity for us to grow in our faith. Our faith grows when we go through things. Nobody in their right mind would say, I can't wait to go through something. That's why I, I wasn't the first person to say it, but that you never pray for patience. Never pray for patience. Let me say that again. Never pray for patience. Do you know why that is? There's not a patience pill for you to take. The only way that you can develop, develop patience is by going through a trial. It's the only way that you get patience. I've prayed it before. Oh, Lord, Lord, help me to be patient. That's a scary prayer. Because the only way to develop patience and perseverance is to go through something. And so why would a loving God allow us to go through storms? It's an opportunity for our faith to grow. It's an opportunity for that to go. And as part of that, it gives us the potential to draw closer to God. When you find yourself in a storm, it gives you an opportunity and the potential to draw closer to God. Now, there is like a 50-50 chance when you're going through a storm, people do one of two things. People either run to God or they run away from God. There are people that run away from God. They, they say, well, you know, uh, you know, God allowed this thing to go through there and I don't know if I can serve a God who, who allowed me to go through this storm in my life. And they run away from the Lord. They run, they run, they run, they run. And guess what? Their life doesn't get any better. They find themselves still in the storm. Then there are other people that say, Man, I am in the middle of the storm and they run to God. They run to the Lord and they say, Lord, help me. Lord, I need your strength. Lord, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this by myself. Several months ago I preached this message on the myths that, that, that we that people say about God. And one of the myths is this is that God will never give you more than you can handle. That's a myth. God regularly gives us and allows us to go through things that is more, are more than we can handle. If he only gave, why would you turn to an all-powerful God if you could just get through your life all on your own, just by your sheer hard work, just by the money that you make, just on your health? Why would you turn to a loving God? But you know what happens to every single person? Every single one of us will reach a point in our lives when we face something that we can't fix. How many people do you know, and maybe you've been this way before, it's like the the, the people that are just, they they can do everything. It's like they, they have enough money to pay for stuff, they have good health, they have all of those things going for them it doesn't say it just seems like they never are you know there's never a cloud in the sky underneath them everything goes great for them and they would say well why do i need god but then they finally get to a place where something happens the doctor says i'm sorry there's nothing that i can do and they say well well you know what medicine could i buy i've got you know i've got all of this money what could i buy and they say there's no medicine that we could we we can. well who can you send me to what doctor could you? there's no doctor that can do this and they get to a place when finally they're like i can't fix this There are always times where we face things that are greater than us and it gives us the opportunity there to realize, man, I can't do this on my own. I need something outside of me to help me through this and it's in those moments when we can draw closer to God. When the storm is greater than we can take care of on our own, it gives us the opportunity to draw closer to God. It's also an opportunity. Why would God allow it to happen? Because there are times when we go through things that people around us see how we go through those situations. That it's an opportunity for us to testify to those around us of the grace of God. As people watch us go through the trials of life. I mean, I, think, I, I thought of so many people that I've seen throughout my lifetime that have, have gone, I've, I've seen them, strong believers, and see them going through, going through things. I mean, I, I think of my friend John, and, and I, I think of the, his, his first wife that, that was uh, that just about a week, of, or this last week was the anniversary of her death, that within about a month, I mean, a pastor's wife, and she got diagnosed with acute leukemia, and within a month she was dead leaving two sons and her husband. And, and to see my friend John go through through that, get remarried, have a, have a beautiful little girl, and to see him then be diagnosed with a, with, with some of his illnesses, some uh, genetic things and some uh, Parkinson's and genetic things, and then to see him go through all of that and, and to see him go from a, a guy that I used to play golf with to... Being in a wheelchair. To have to help him to, to stand up out of a wheelchair. And to see him go through all of that and, and wonder. And, and just think, I, I mean, in my naturalness going, God, how could, how could you, why would, why would you allow him to go through this? Why? I mean, he lost his wife he, he's gone through all this. His, his boys and now his little girl, now, now they're, they're going through all of this too. His boys are going through this all over again. God, why, why, why would you allow this to happen? I, God never, never answers the why questions. We want him to. He never answers the why questions. But one thing I will say is this, that as I watched my friend going through all of this, the way that he went through it, The way that he went through it. The way that his wife, Melissa, went through it. The way that his boys went through it. As they saw their dad, as they saw their husband going through it. And I go, man, would I be able to go through something like that with the same dignity that he went through it? I never once heard him in all of those things. Now, he, he would say, he would say, Roger, I, I, I had, after his, his wife died, he said, you know, I had, me and the Lord had a lot of good conversations. I knew what that meant. But I never heard him, never had any sense from him that he turned from God. Did he have questions? Yeah. But he always looked to the Lord. And so in the midst of when we're going through storms, the way that we go through storms can have a direct impact, a great impact on the lives of people around us. The way that you go through a storm of your life, you don't understand the impact that you have and can have on your coworkers. The way that you go through a, a storm and your, na- your neighbors know how you're going through it, that the way that you go through it can have a deep impact on their lives. You you never know. You, you never know the impact that you're having on people's lives, the way that you go, the things that you say, the way that you speak, your demeanor, the way that you go through things. When we go through the storms, it's an opportunity for others to see God work through us. Lastly, the last thing, and i finish up is this, that we learn that our fear, our worry is directly proportional to, to our faith in God. Our fear is directly proportional to our faith in God. When the disciples finally wake Jesus up, Jesus, aren't you afraid we're going to drown? Master, we're going to drown, Lord. Verse 40, Jesus says, first of all, he stands up, he rebukes the wind and the waves, he calms the storm. Then he turns to the disciples and he says, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I like the way the Amplified says it. It says, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith and confidence in me? Now, the disciples, I mean, he he rebukes them for their fear. And for their lack of faith. I mean, you would think, surely a loving God is gonna understand that that you know they're they're feeling, you know, they're worried about they're gonna die, and, and surely a loving God would, would calm the storm and say, They're there, Peter. You're fine now. No, he turns around and says, You knuckleheads. That's that's my translation. It's in the original Greek. You knuckleheads. Why are you so afraid? Do you not have any faith in me now? I mean, think about the disciples as they have been with Jesus just in these first three or four chapters of of the Gospels. Some of the things that they have witnessed. They, they witnessed Jesus healing a man with leprosy. He healed a paralytic when they tore the hole in the ceiling and lifted the, guy, the friends or, or let the guy down in front of Jesus. He healed the paralytic. He heals a man with a shriveled hand. He heals a centurion's servant without even going to the, to the guy's house. He raises a widow's son from the dead. He heals every sickness and disease in Galilee. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. They have seen Jesus do miracle after miracle after miracle. Just in a few chapters, they've seen all of these things. They get into this boat, and yet with all of the things that they have seen Jesus do, all of the power, all of the miracles they've seen Him do, already their faith is still weak, and Jesus rebukes them. You see, fear and lack of faith are directly proportional to each other. As our fear grows... Our faith decreases. As our faith increases, our worry decreases. George Mueller he said, "Faith ends where worry begins, and worry ends where faith begins. Faith ends where worry begins, and worry ends where faith begins." Now, part of this has to do with our view of who God is. Who do we believe that God is? Think about it for a second. Who is God? When you picture God, what is your picture of God? Who is God? What is His character? What is He like? Who is He? How big and how powerful is God when you view Him? Do we really believe that He is omnipotent, that He is all-powerful? Do we really truly believe that with Him all things are possible? Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that, that He is able to give life to dead things? Do we really believe that there is no storm too great that He can't calm it or see us through? Now, you, a lot of times what we, what we do is, though, is we say this. We, we have the theoretical view of God, and then we have what we really believe. Our theoretical, theological view may say, yes, I believe that the Bible teaches that God is omnipotent, He's all-powerful, that there is nothing impossible for Him. But in my situation, I know that God can heal, but you don't understand what my doctor said to me. I, I know that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, I know that He's Jehovah Jireh and that He's my provider, but have you seen my bank account? I, I, I know that, that, that God can, can breathe life into this dead marriage. I know that He can from the dead, that the man He can breathe life into dead things and that, that He could resurrect that person's marriage and that person's marriage, but but man I not in not in mine. You see, our and when our view of God is that small, so is our faith, and in proportion, how much greater our worry and our anxiety is. You see, if we view God truly, that He is the omnipotent God of the universe, that He just said a word and created the universe, created the heavens and the earth, created the stars, created the planets, created the sun, Created other galaxies that we haven't even seen or been, part, you know, don't even know exist yet. I mean, that God could do that. That God could say, "Lazarus, come forth," and Lazarus comes forth after being dead for four days. That He can give a baby to to Sarah at the age of ninety years old and has been barren for ninety years, and He gives a baby to her. And Abraham is is a hundred and and gives can give them a baby. I mean, if God can do those things, I mean, if if our view of God is truly that He is able to do the impossible. Then, when we find ourselves in the storm, we look at the storm and our proportion of how we view God is proportional to our faith. If we, if we see our God is enormous and that God can truly do all things, then our faith is going to be great. Our worry is going to be low. Then we find ourselves going through the storms of life and people go, Hey, didn't the doctor give you this diagnosis and don't, you don't have much time to live? And you go, Yeah, he, that's what the doctor said. I aren't you worried? Or, or, how, can you, how can you be so calm and peaceful? Hey, you know what? I serve a God who is able to do what doctors can't do. I serve a God who is able to take care of needs that no man can take care of. I, I serve a God who is, who is greater than, I mean, His ways are not my ways. His ways are high. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He is able to, ta- he, He's able to see me through the storm. No storm is too great for my God to see me. And when you have that picture of God and you have that view of God, then all of a sudden the storms don't seem so big. All of a sudden, you know, those storms seem small in comparison to the enormity of the God of the universe. And that if He can just say the word and create universes man, what could he do in the middle of our storms? If he could just say the word, if he knows the end from the beginning, then you understand why Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. That he's going, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to worry about. You, you guys are going to make it through this storm. It's, it's, it's no big deal, you know. You guys should be sleeping like I am. Peter, James, John, you guys have seen me do so many things. But you're allowing the storm to cause you to take your eyes off of me. You're allowing the storm. You're looking more at the storm than you are at me. He said, if you you knew, if you really knew me, why is your faith so small? You've been with me all of this time. You've seen me do things time after time after time. I close with this. The very last verse, after Jesus rebukes them, verse 41 says, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I find it interesting Why did they wake Jesus up? Because they were afraid and fearful. They woke Jesus up. Didn't you know that we're going to die out here? Although they, they knew who Jesus was, sort of. They didn't fully know who Jesus was. So Jesus stands up. He calms the storm. And now they're probably more afraid than they were before. Because in that moment, they had a revelation of the power that was sitting in the back of the boat with them in the storm. You see, they had that power sitting in the back of the boat the whole time while they were in the storm. They had no idea the power that was there with them as the Lord was with them in the midst of the storm. He was there the entire time. But they were more focused on the storm than they were focused on who was in the boat with them. You see, you can get through any storm that comes in your life if you know who's in the boat with you. You can make it through any storm in your life. It may seem overwhelming. It may seem greater than anything that you could do. But if Christ is in your boat, you can make it through. It may not seem like it at the time, but you can make it through if He's in the boat with you. Is Jesus in your boat? Is He in your boat? If he's not in your boat, then you are in the storm all by yourself. That Jesus, he's not sleeping in the back of your boat. You're out there with the oars and you're trying to swim against, you're trying to to paddle against the waves and you're trying to get the the water out of your boat all on your own and you're trying to, to, to steady the boat by yourself because you're out there on the water all by yourself in the midst of the storm. Is Jesus in your, in your boat? Because when we come to faith in Christ, He steps into the boat with us. If you're, if you're a, a Christian today, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, He's in your boat with you today. Sometimes we forget He's there. Sometimes he's asleep at the back of the boat. We don't remember that he's there. And then in the middle of the storm, a lot of times we do that. Lord, don't you care that we're in? Don't you care? Aren't you going to save us? Aren't you? And Jesus is like, hey, guys, I'm back here. Hey, I'm back here in the boat. Did you forget about me? Sometimes we forget about him. In the midst of the storm, we need to remember that he's back there. And So then we say, okay, Lord, Lord, help us. There may be times that that, that the Lord says to us, Why? you doubting. And in those moments, it's that teaching moment. Okay, Lord, yep, you're right. You're right. I should have had more faith in you. But if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, he's not in your boat. You can leave here today with him in your boat. You surrender your life to him today. If you invite him into the boat of your life, if you will, confess him as Lord of your life your allegiance to Jesus and follow after him. He climbs into the boat with you. Now any any storm that you go into the rest of your life, he's with you in the the boat with you, seeing you through it. With you. Lord, I I pray today for those in this room. We all face storms in our lives. The storms are no respecter of persons. The storms don't care whether we're Christians or non-Christians. We all face storms at some point in our life. But Lord, I'm thankful that just as the disciples found out that as your disciples, that you're there in the boat with us. And so maybe there are some this today that you're going through a storm. You're going through a storm today. And if you didn't know it, maybe today, the Lord sent me here to remind you. He's there in the boat with you. That He's, he's there. You're not there by yourself. He's, he's not letting you flounder around all by yourself, but He's, he's there, if you'll remember. With every eye closed and head bowed, if, if, if you just admit... <clears throat> You know, you're you just admit, I'm a, I'm a believer, I'm I'm a Christ follower, and I'm going through I'm going through a storm right now. If that's you, would you just, just lift up the hand lift up a hand and say, Yep, that's me, I'm going through a storm. Thank you. Let me pray over you. Father, I come to you right now and I pray for those that lifted a hand, lifted a heart today, God, they're going through a storm. Lord, maybe today, maybe we'd be reminded that, Lord, that you're in the boat with us, that we're not there by ourselves, that you're there. That maybe just because we don't necessarily see you at work doesn't mean that you don't care about us. We may not understand the whys, but, Lord, Lord, we know that if you're there in the boat with us, that, Lord, you're going to see us through. So, Lord, I pray today for those that are going through something. God, you'd see them through. God, for the rest of us, may we be reminded that when we do find ourselves in those storms, may we be reminded that as a believer that you're there with us, Lord. Lord, may we look to you more than we look to the storm. May our faith in you be greater than our worry about the storm. before I close I want to ask one other question maybe you're here today and when I said ask if Jesus was in your boat I asked if you had ever surrendered your life to Christ maybe your answer to that is no or I'm not sure And maybe you find yourself in the middle of a storm today you're like, man, I need some help in the middle of the storm. I, I need the God of the universe in the midst of this storm. I need Jesus. With every eye closed and head bowed, if that's you, you say, man, I need Jesus. Pray for me. All right. Father, I thank you one more time for your presence here today, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for seeing us through the storms of life, for being the the strength, for being strong when we are weak. Lord, as we leave here today, I pray that God, that in the storms of life, we remember you, that we look to you. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your power, for your grace, for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.